Chapter Ten of David Wark Griffith: A Brief Sketch of His Career by Robert Edgar Long. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Mary Schneider. Chapter Ten: Hearts of the World. Seated in Drury Lane Theatre, London, on that memorable night when intolerance was introduced to the British public, D. W. Griffith could hear the resonant cries of newsboys on the streets the states enter the war america joins allies united states declares war on germany in the midst of all the excitement that ensued griffith's mind reverted back to america to los angeles home and the story back of his thoughts is the story of hearts of the world just one year three months and seven days before on the morning of december thirtieth nineteen fifteen at a few minutes before midnight he was resting in the bungalow on his ranch at san fernando california reading a los angeles newspaper the news dispatch from the war front in france told of families being forced from their humble homes to seek shelter where they may of the bombardment of the villages followed by the german occupation of the suffering privations and agony of the villages in their captivity of the prayers and hopes of the women and children awaiting deliverance griffith put his paper aside and began to make notes under the influence of the news he had read he worked throughout the entire night the daybreak entering the open window of his room brought with it a twofold dawn that of a new day in california and a new light across his path he could not relinquish his labors on the colossal production of intolerance then under way and so he carefully locked up his manuscript and plunged into the work at hand but the story of the tortured french families would not leave him and he found himself even in the midst of his most active work over and over again recounting in his mind the incidents of the news report he would go to bed each night with a cherished manuscript before him adding a touch here an elaboration there burning the midnight oil long into the cool hours of the morning the night floor watchman of the hotel alexandria often would peep through the unlocked door of griffin's suite and would discover the producer of intolerance asleep in his easy chair fully dressed the central figure in a maze of copy paper that carpeted the floor if griffith had been a friend of julius caesar there is no doubt that he would have produced a film of caesar and the tenth legion landing on the shores of britain or had he been a worthy citizen when the battle of waterloo was fought we might be able to-day to see the old guard charging up the hill to death under the dauntless nay griffith absorbs war long before the birth of a nation his productions mirrored his love of conquest his devotion to the flaming sword of defence and here he was right in the midst of ancient and modern warfare mingling the siege of babylon with the battles of present-day mill-workers and giving every waking hour to the contemplation of picturing for posterity the greatest conflict the world ever has known had he been less a lover of excitement he would not have been found a few months later standing in the very presence of david lloyd george prime minister of england with a commission to visit the battlefields of france and secure scenes for hearts of the world sitting at his desk at number ten downing street london david lloyd george was consecrating his life his mighty brain his services to the cause of civilization 
in order that the allies the united states england france italy belgium and the other nations battling for freedom might bring the world war to a victorious conclusion busy as he was with demands upon every second of his time with generals admirals ambassadors statesmen leaders of parliament members of the house of lords emissaries from the king with a thousand and one persons anxious to interview him upon important matters lloyd george set aside a large part of one busy morning to receive david wark griffith the man who but a few years before had been selling the baptist weekly to the farmers of kentucky but the american cinema producer had a mission and he was accompanied by lord breverbrook member of the house of lords and prominent in war relief work for wounded soldiers for more than an hour the british prime minister held up the cog-wheels of battle while he discussed with griffith the possibility of securing material for a story that would bring courage and comfort to the hearts of the men and women whose husbands fathers and brothers were out there on the battlefields making the world safe for democracy when all was agreed upon griffith was formally commissioned by the british government to visit the war zones on all fronts and was given the full resources of the british and french governments and their armies in the field whole regiments were placed at his disposal for the world must know the supreme struggle of the allies for the welfare and happiness of mankind as griffith was about to start on his mission lloyd george turned to him took both his hands in his and said cordially quote, you will do this to aid humanity the idea back of your splendid story is a message to civilization that its fight will not be in vain let me be the first to predict that when you have completed your labors you will have produced a masterpiece which will carry a message around the world a story which will inspire every heart with patriotism with love of country with the great cause of which the civilized nations of the world are now fighting in france this mr griffith is the greatest and most wonderful task you ever have attempted god speed you in your great work and grant that you may accomplish your desires and so david wark griffith set forth from the british cabinet offices at number ten downing street with the official endorsement aid and approval of the british prime minister the british government and with full authority to call upon any officers of the forces on land or sea to aid him in his cherished work back of the battle lines in flanders through stricken villages in the ruined sections of france following the british army risking his life a hundred times a day to get close enough to the firing line to get effective material griffith his cinematographer and his intrepid company of players moved and acted for the camera within range of the big guns near bursting shells until at last griffith gave the signal that the task had been accomplished then after a brief rest he and his players visited little peaceful villages in france far from the turmoil of war and there amid rustic surroundings and blooming flowers delicate intimate touches were secured to add to the mighty story just completed at the front griffith's return to the united states brought one of the biggest surprises in the history of the film world when he left los angeles with the simple announcement that he was bound for over there his admirers believed he was departing to make another birth of a nation or intolerance with all their spectacular elements the reports coming back from france gave the impression that another fight picture was being prepared and knowing griffith's tendency toward warfare everyone expected a production the ingredients of which would be blood and torture and death 
instead the first newspaper announcements brought the news that griffith's latest production was the story of a village to add to the consternation hearts of the world was further described as the sweetest love story ever told what griffith the first american to enter the front-line trenches of france griffith the man who was born in the atmosphere of war who had just gone through the smoke and fire of battle who had actually photographed his scenes on the blood-soaked fields of flanders this man coming back to america with a love story a sweet love story impossible but that was griffith's surprise the man who had seen as much in the delicate love of a street singer for a mountain girl as he had in the tremendously spectacular battle scenes in intolerance saw also the beauty of france as well as the horror of the war that had come to her people he saw the glory of her moonlight the perfume of her blossoms the charms of her walls and her quiet village streets the music of her streams and waterfalls the romance of her sheltered pathways ways that the legions of caesar found beautiful centuries ago roads composed of the very soil that dropped blossoms on the head of henry of navarre as he whispered love into the ears of his sweethearts as the background of this unfolding story of love and tenderness he produced the world war merely as a symbol an emblem of militarism his heroes and heroines represented humanity his villains militarism not once throughout the entire story did he forget this symbolism one statement of griffith tells the whole story of hearts of the world Quote, the tale concerns the people to whom war came rather than the war itself he said the story our poor little heroes and heroines tell is the story of truth unfolded in a land where nothing was impossible where all the world was a gethsemane and the earth a forest of crosses on which hung the atoms of broken humanity in the night outside every man's door anguished voices cry out whatever the darkness holds we must take our lantern and go out into it and that is what griffith did he took the lantern a motion picture one in this instance and went out into the night of sorrow and despair and showed to a somewhat lethargic world the fine manhood and womanhood of france and belgium the gold of their love their small troubles as well as their great ones their high hopes their light laughter hearts of the world was officially shown to the public for the first time at clune auditorium los angeles california on tuesday evening march twelfth nineteen eighteen although a previous tryout showing took place at panoma california on the preceding monday evening as to the reception of hearts of the world in los angeles it is perhaps best expressed in the following editorial from the los angeles times of thursday march fourteenth the place where science meets and mingles with fine arts is the motion picture screen starting in the first crude beginning as little else than a sublimated peep show the pictures now are attracting the best brains of the world every great feature picture beginning with birth of a nation has registered some extraordinary advancement each new picture drama is waited for as a new milestone along the path so rapid is the progress on tuesday night d w griffith presented hearts of the world here for the first time and the world is already eagerly inquiring what new thing has it brought to this the baby of the arts hearts of the world was filmed under extraordinary circumstances 
by the favor of the british foreign office mr griffith was permitted to take many of the scenes of the drama in the front-line trenches where his properties were french and british cannon actually hurling shell into the german lines the music that inspired his actors was the shriek of shrapnel on a mission of death the villains of the piece were not supers arrayed in the prop costumes they were real german soldiers with the fear of death in their hearts and the sound of death in their ears the griffith picture is a great drama as we now discover not because it was made under fire at the war front but because it is a wonderfully sweet human appealing love story and with this realization the artist steps up to the place he should have had this long while and the mechanic steps down the mechanical difficulties of motion pictures have been solved the artistic famine is next to be relieved hearts of the world opens up a field of rich promise in this regard it hints in a striking way of the splendid opportunities that wait for the literary man in the films yes and for great actors hitherto picture plays have been sheer melodrama in that they dealt with types rather than characters there have been very very good people and very very bad people as in the old morality plays there has been virtue and vice disguised in various personalities hearts of the world shows what opportunities there are for real delineations of real people there is not in all literature a more charming character study than that of the little street singer in hearts of the world the debonair little philosopher who holds to the text that if you can't get what you want then what what you can get there is insouciance and delicate fascination in this little bit of literature that suggests robert louis stevenson's a lodging for the night hearts of the world sets a new ideal for motion pictures as have most of the great feature films of the past yet it does more it shows a new way it turns a leaf it shows that hereafter the spectacle is to be but a setting the story is the thing in the first big days of the films the stage managers who had been confined to a sixty-foot stage canvas forests and armies of a dozen beery supers went wild when they found real forests and huge armies ready at hand the spectacular element ran away with pictures but with this feature play the story comes into its place again it is a call for brains it is a call for authors and for actors as well as directors on tuesday march twenty sixth nineteen eighteen griffith left los angeles for new york personally acting as the cicerone for this invaluable product so great had become the excitement in educational social and theatrical circles in new york over the prospect of seeing the successor to birth of a nation and intolerance that it was deemed advisable to give a special private showing before an audience composed entirely of those who had expressed an earnest desire to see hearts of the world consequently on thursday evening april fourth nineteen eighteen hearts of the world was shown at the forty-fourth street theatre new york city before an audience comprising high officials of the united states and allied governments municipal and state officials and people of prominence in all professions and trades some idea of the representatives of this audience is shown by the following list of those present 
james w gerard united states ambassador to germany mr and mrs charles b alexander mrs arthur scott burden otto kahn adolph oz mr and mrs h j wiggum mr and mrs w burke cochran mr and mrs thomas hastings admiral nathaniel usher and staff mr and mrs henry g gray mrs parker brerham major-general william h mann mr and mrs conde nast mr and mrs robert j collier james montgomery flagg mr and mrs george f baker jr mr and mrs james a burton miss ruth toomley miss harriet post marquis and marchioness aberdeen miss mary alexander mrs may wilson preston john moffat mr and mrs william randolph hurst and edward ziegler the representatives of the british and canadian governments and army and navy officers were major norman thwaites m c o consul general bailey and staff henry good and jeffrey butler and staff commander blackford r n provost marshal colonel hunter colonel clifford and staff sir connop guthrick major Bruman white captain v h mcwilliam captain macdonald lieutenant sharp john mckinnon lawson lieutenant chevalier lieutenant w p MacIver, lieutenant colonel c a warren lieutenant g shearies captain w e brown colonel j s dennis captain sice lieutenant grossmith and lieutenant crosswell the theatrical life of new york was represented by mr and mrs david belasco enrico caruso daniel froham guilio gatti casaza pasquale amato mr and mrs morris guest lee schubert george m cohan marshall neelan jacob j schubert william elliot madame alda f ray comstock and mr and mrs albert l gray on the following evening friday april fifth the public premiere occurred on this night the forty fourth street theatre was completely sold out long before the time scheduled for the opening and the ticket speculators uncurbed as they are to-day were selling seats for as high as five dollars each but an eager public was not to be disappointed and the sidewalk merchants did a land office business many individuals paid as high as ten dollars for a single seat when mr griffith heard of this imposition on the public he instructed his manager to insert advertisements in the newspapers warning patrons against the money-grabbing vendors his managers immediately carried out his instructions and the next day the following advertisement appeared in every new york newspaper warning the public of new york is respectfully warned that speculators are endeavoring to secure the best seats in the forty fourth street theatre these speculators in some cases actually have charged the public the unprecedented sum of five dollars a ticket the management which sells the best seats to the first person to apply at the box office is powerless to correct this abuse unless the public itself comes to the rescue by buying your own tickets in advance you will best serve your own interests and defeat the speculators if when you approach the forty fourth street theatre anyone on the sidewalk endeavors to sell you a ticket in violation of city ordinance call a policeman in this way only can the best interests of the public be protected inside the theatre the enthusiasm beggared description men and women forgetting or ignoring new york custom jumped to their feet again and again and cheered the thrilling scenes before them the old-timers openly declared they never had seen anything like it in the history of the new york stage after the end had been flashed on the screen the spectators stood and shouted for griffith until he appeared 
nervous and worn on the stage he said he had no speech to make but wished only to thank those present when he attempted to ask everyone in the audience to pray for and support the men fighting in the war which he said the passing shadows on the screen represented only in a small way his voice broke and he never finished his sentence it is a tribute to the man in his works to note that although the hour was midnight and the picture was ended not a person moved to leave the theatre until griffith had disappeared in the wings the news of the success of hearts of the world spread to other cities overnight with the result that griffith was overwhelmed by telegrams congratulating him on his achievement and requesting that he send his production on the road at the earliest possible moment the griffith laboratories in los angeles were kept working day and night to supply the demand for subsequent openings owing to the enormity of the production griffith was compelled to leave new york for los angeles on wednesday april tenth personally to attend to the preparation of duplicate prints on tuesday evening april sixteenth hearts of the world was shown at the majestic theatre boston where an audience that duplicated in size and enthusiasm the scenes being enacted at the forty-fourth street playhouse its new england success resulted in a prolonged stay of twenty-four weeks in boston later openings were arranged in philadelphia chicago and pittsburgh and in each of these cities records were piled up and runs established far beyond griffith's fondest hopes in pittsburgh alone hearts of the world broke all records for any theatrical attraction either of the cinema or the speaking stage and this record sixteen consecutive weeks never has been equaled since like tennyson's brook hearts of the world might have run on forever in pittsburgh had not the opening of the regular theatrical season prevented and even after its close there the demand for its return was so insistent that a second engagement was booked and six more weeks were added to the sixteen making a total of twenty-two weeks in all or two hundred and sixty-four performances the success of hearts of the world in new york was established by an uninterrupted run of three hundred and seventy performances at the forty-fourth street theatre at the conclusion of which albert l gray griffith's general manager was forced to seek a larger theatre to accommodate the crowds as all the new york theatres were occupied by attractions playing on long-term contracts the best mr gray could do was a flat four weeks rental of the knickerbocker theatre broadway and thirty-eighth street he finally accepted this offer and on sunday evening october seventh after twenty-seven weeks on forty-fourth street hearts of the world began its limited engagement at the knickerbocker but even this extension of its run did not provide enough room to accommodate the crowds and a second theatre the standard broadway and ninetieth street was secured for two weeks beginning monday october twenty first thus the public was afforded the unusual choice of two theatres in which to select seats to see one attraction while griffith found himself in the novel position of playing in opposition to himself following the joint engagement at the knickerbocker and standard theatres the production was shown at the victory theatre formerly miners third avenue and one hundred and fifty sixth street where it remained until saturday evening december seventh meanwhile a special print had been sent to london and the cablegrams brought the news of a pronounced triumph at the palace theatre there 
perhaps one of the greatest tributes paid to griffith was contained in a letter from francis trevelyan miller lit d l l d of the board of historians who wrote under date of april twenty third nineteen eighteen as follows quote, my dear mr griffith at an editorial conference of the board of historians we discussed the value of your motion picture masterpiece hearts of the world as a permanent contribution to the world's history it may interest you to know that we agreed your production is the most notable on record that the war has produced we feel privileged in greeting you as the greatest of war historians i have come to the conclusion that hereafter history must be divided into four epochs ancient medieval modern and the motion picture the stone age the bronze age the age of the printed page and the film age we find in this stage of inventive genius the great historian of the people cinematography of which you mr griffith are the first of the great cinema historians in a single picture you produce a vital human record that embodies the spirit and the soul of the war with deeper reality than all the books combined this is the position you will occupy in the records of human progress cordially yours francis trevelyan miller end of chapter ten